welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. So the first point I want to share about as we wrap up the service, number one, other oh, sorry, the series, we are all stewards of what God has given us. And I haven't really talked much about stewardship, so I just wanted to give it some time um, in our conclusion. We are all stewards of what God has given us. So a steward is someone who manages or is given the responsibility to look after the possessions or the finances or the belongings of someone else. Um, If you are a steward, you are called to manage and look after someone else's possessions. And that's what we are now with everything God has given us when we give our lives to Him. We, we relinquish ownership and we step off the throne of our life and off self and God becomes the true Lord of our lives. So everything that we had now, we give to Him. He gives it back to us and now we are stewards of everything God has for us. And uh, looking at the parable of the talents, I haven't got time to go into it this morning. But that, that whole parable was uh, a reflection of stewardship. It's all about stewardship. The master, which represents God, gives his servants, which represent us, um, various measures of talents to invest. He expects them to invest wisely his, his possessions while he's gone. So we say, well, talents, it's like our giftings, it's our callings, and it is all that. But very literally, back in those days, a talent was an amount of money. It's really financial when you think about it. Uh, So we are called to be stewards of everything God has for us. In Luke 16, verse 11 to 12, it says, If then you have not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, that doesn't talk about like money you've you've stolen. It's it's what we use, currency, um, in this world. Who will entrust you to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, Who will give you that which is your own? Everything we have just doesn't come from God. It belongs to God. He entrusts us with His money and we choose how it will be used and invested. Steward, the little God has given you well and you will be trusted with much. So some people read that and think, well, that's that's incredibly restrictive, but I think it's so freeing because if someone truly is the Lord of our lives, then we become His responsibility. Uh, many of us will understand what it's like when you rent a house um, and you aren't responsible if the water pipes burst. Like, that's the landlord's responsibility. You are responsibility to look after the house that you rent. So yeah, you've got to do that well and you've got to steward your, your rental well. But if something out of the ordinary happens, if there's a disaster, you just ring up the landlord and it's His responsibility. When we give our lives to God, he becomes the landlord of our life. And so when things go wrong, it's really God's responsibility. And we can boldly go before God and say, God, I've given my life to you. I don't know what the heck's going on, but I wanna thank you that you are a good father, that you are so good. And I just give my life to you. I don't know what's going on, but I entrust my life to you. And He will look after you. So that's the blessing of stewardship. And I absolutely love it. So number one, we are all stewards of what God has given us. And you can sort of be forgiven to think, well, I give my first 10% to God, that's God's, we return the tithe, and the rest of that money is mine. 
Now I can do whatever I want with it. And, and you sort of can to a degree, but that first part of our finance, it really shows, indicates who is the Lord of our life. The rest of it actually is, a, is an example of stewardship. It's still God's. Number two, giving is the antidote for materialism. Giving stuff away, blessing others, being generous is the antidote for materialism. We live in such a materialistic world that, like I said right at the start of the series, that, that money and stuff and possessions really is the God of our age in the West. Luke 12 verse 15, this is what Jesus says, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, again, we live in this world and it's like so easy to think, well, my value is in what I have and how much stuff I've got and how flash my house is and if I've got a batch or a boat and my, my identity is all in that. But the Bible is very clear. We can't have our identity in anything but God because it's just so, so futile. It's here today and gone. The next, the Bible says. So if one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So yeah, it's... it's we worship wealth and it's all about stuff, but at the same time, it's really interesting that we are living the last couple of years, I guess, people that may not even be people of faith, they're understanding that possessions aren't making them happier. That, that accumulation and hoarding of, of stuff is not doing us any good. So there's almost an amazing revolution taking place that people are starting to downscale everything. And I think that is so exciting. Instead of wanting and dreaming of a bigger house, people are wanting to have tiny houses now. Isn't that cool? I think it's cool. Um, people are selling off stuff. Have you heard of Marie Kondo? Um, that, I, I love her. Um, my wife needs to read her book again. Uh, uh, people are understanding. It's, it's, it's actually, you feel happier when you've got less Stuff, um, accumulating, sorry, Christy. Um, but you really should see our mug drawer, honestly. I don't know what happens. It's like the feeding of the 5,000, the next day is like 100 more mugs in the mug drawer. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Bayless Connolly, um, pastor in the States, and I heard him, I think he came for a like Hillsong conference like 25 years ago. He said something that I've never, ever forgotten. He said for him, so this is not like a law or principle, but in his life, he said how he's combated materialism in his life, that he gives something away of value, something that's precious to him every year. And he's learned by doing that to hold stuff lightly. And I don't give away precious stuff every year, but I know when God calls me to, to give away something of value, then, then He will continue to remind me of that. Um, and, and when God does call us to do, He wants you to break through. Like it's, it's always because, number one, He wants to bless someone else because someone's praying for a breakthrough. But he also, there's always a breakthrough that comes in your life. And I remember um, my, probably my most prized position in all my life was this incredible semi-acoustic. Um, it was a jazz electric guitar. And man, I love that thing. It had an amazing history. And God started speaking to me to give that away. And you know how it says it's more blessed to give than to receive? I didn't feel that at all. And even to the day when I went to the, to the guy, I had coffee, I had lunch with him in Auckland and I gave him this guitar. Man, I, I felt like just bursting out crying. It was like, it was a real sad thing. It was like, God, why? Um, but the cool story, it happened a couple of years ago and I was, I was given this incredible guitar a couple of weeks ago. Like God is faithful. Um, 
We just need to learn to hold stuff lightly. Because really, at the end of the day, it's just all going to be burnt up anyway. Um, I think that for me, I don't do it every year, but just be aware that you know God wants to bless others. He wants us to break through in our lives. Um, materialism can be such a hold in our life. And, and just learn, you know, be, be open to God because at the end of the day, I don't want to be a slave to stuff. Like, like you, can, you can have not a lot and still be way too consumed with money. So I like that, that little uh, sort of principle by Bayless Connolly. Um, just one more thing. I think it was Tozer that said this. It's like, where do we position money in our life? And he gave the description of just imagine being on a mountain vista and it's like, like you can see amazing beauty of God and mountain ranges and everything, just a beautiful scenery. Um, and you can have a couple of coins in your hand or on the ground and like that doesn't obscure the view. But even just a couple of 50 cent pieces in the wrong position in your life can obscure the view. And he just, the, the, the illustration was he just held it up in front of his eyes. So just a little bit of money and it just cuts out all vision. So where we position and the value that we have of money can, can really obscure the vision of God in our lives. I really like that, that idea because if you're any, anyone like me, it's like I have been caught up. It's like, oh, how much is this? And okay, I've wanted to bless someone out for lunch, but are they really going to order that expensive dish? You know, why couldn't they just like do this? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, for me, it's like, as God has been teaching me through this series, it's like, where do I position money? You know, how much, how much importance do I have of it in my life? Number three, most of us can easily live with less. Most of us can easily live with less. G.K. Chesterton says, there are two ways to get enough. One is to accumulate more and more, and the other is to desire less. Two ways to get enough. One is to accumulate more and more, and the other is to desire less. And I touched on this last week, I think it was, but you know, we are, most of us are very, very, we're filthy rich in, in most of the world's eyes. I remember Kevin Fulong, he's coming to, to, to minister here next year. I'm really excited about that. But he was involved in a pastor's conference over in Africa. And a lot of the pastors, that they didn't have enough money to go and travel to the conference. And, you know, you stayed a couple of days. So they really felt to sponsor a few of these these pastors um, from rural places in Africa, and they, it wasn't like a flash hotel, but they, they gave them rooms for a couple of, couple of nights, and they just really blessed them. And there was one pastor, he was just overwhelmed. He was weeping and just completely overwhelmed because he said, I've never, ever slept in a bed before. This is the first time I, I'm, I'm living like a king. And we got to realize, compared to most of the world, most of us live like kings. Even hot showers. You know, in many places in the world, a hot shower, if just one short hot shower will cost you 70% of your daily income. And we just take it for granted. It's like hot showers. A few of us guys, we, we went on this crazy journey um, called Exodus 90. For three months at the start of the year, we didn't have hot showers. And... Um, I don't know, it must have been crazy or not, but the, the idea of that was just, it was an offering to the Lord firstly, but secondly, to understand that there is so much ease and comfort and luxury that we do take for granted in this life and we can easily do without. So I love that thought. Most of us can easily live with less. Where am I going to with this? Because sometimes people can say, well, I can't afford to give money. I can't afford to be generous. I can't afford to give 10% to the local church. And most of the time, 
if you're really honest with yourself, we can afford it, but it does mean that we may have to change our lifestyle. On the other hand, I know that the way life is, some people are in poverty, even in our, our very rich nation. And, and, and that's, that's a big concern. So some people, not most, but some people do struggle with this. And I haven't talked much about budgeting during this series, but like I said last week, um, George and Kay Patterson, um, others in the church, there is something that we do every now and then. It's called Cap Money, which is Christians Against Poverty. Um, and all about helping people that are struggling with budgeting, struggling with, with meeting bills and paying them. Um, there is it's such good and wise um, counsel. We get together, I think it's like three or four weeks. And really, you're like, people that have been struggling go through that and they've found financial freedom and they get on top of all, all of the financial stresses. So if that's you, just grab one of those Connect cards, write your name down, give it into the info desk. And, and when we have enough people, we'll contact you and um, you will absolutely be encouraged and blessed with that Connect group. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2 to 5 says, For in a severe test of affliction, so in time of need, it was like a dark time. Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favour of taking part in the relief of the saints. They're wanting to give to another church, to other believers in need, and they're begging them, like, we wanna give, we beg you, we wanna give, we wanna support this. And this not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. And like I said at the start, um, if we really have made Jesus the Lord of our life, money's not really gonna be that much of a big deal to us. You know, we aren't gonna be triggered. We aren't gonna get upset. We aren't gonna be offended. I think that the issue comes when we've still got a bit of a struggle of who do we really serve? Is it God or is it mammon or money? Um, so I just think, again, like I said so many times, we're talking about money, but, but really we are talking about lordship. Um, this whole series has been about that. All right, so that's sort of the little a conclusion to our uh, Money, Money, Money series, and I've really, really enjoyed it, and thank you so much for the feedback. Last part of today, we're gonna to be looking at the, the biblical foundation for building offerings and expansion offerings, because sometimes people say, well, you know, you know, what really is the eternal value in like a driveway? You know, shouldn't we be giving money to help save souls over in Nairobi or whatever it is? Um, and let's just have a look at what the Bible says about expansion offerings and building offerings and giving not just to people, but giving to, to build something great for the glory of God. So I'm gonna give two examples. The first one's in the Old Testament, the last one's in the New. So let's have a look at Exodus 35, um, verse four and onwards. I'm just gonna unpack these verses, but in this context, um, God wanted uh, the children of Israel under the leadership of Moses to build a tabernacle and that was the meeting place where His presence were. It was like the central focal point of the nation of Israel. It was where they came to worship. It was where they came to, to offer and, and to sacrifice as an act of worship to the Lord. Very similar, I guess, today in a way to our, our church gatherings. Faith communities, we come together regularly and we, we experience the presence of God. We enjoy fellowship of, of the saints. We, we sacrifice praises to Him. So this was very much a building offering in the Old Testament. So verse four, Moses said 
to the whole community of Israel. This is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. And I love this because Moses was not insecure to, to, to shy away for asking for money. And, and I think anyone that's got a little bit of like a social awareness, you know that it's a little bit awkward to ask for money. But Moses knew that God had instructed him to do this. So he was bold. It's like, we're gonna take up a building offering to build this incredible um, place that God can reside. And he wasn't insecure to do so. And everything we do here, our, our fundamental belief in our foundation is we wanna see people saved. We, we wanna serve as a lighthouse to our community. We wanna see lives changed. So I shouldn't be insecure to ask for money. I shouldn't be insecure to ask for a lot of money. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. It wasn't just like they never really had monetary currency. They had gold, silver, bronze, and verse six to nine. It's like they even gave linen and skins and gems. Let those with generous hearts. Now, when we have a revelation of how generous God has been to us, we won't have a problem being generous back to Him. I think the only natural response to God once we have had the revelation of how generous He has been to every single one of us is to be generous back to Him. He gave His Son, He gave the very, very best. He didn't hold back anything. He gave everything for us. He's given us incredible, um, an incredible purpose on this planet Earth and, and then the, the new earth and the heavens to come is gonna be incredible. So the only natural response when you have the uh, revelation of God's generosity is to be generous generous back to Him. Verse 10, Come all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything that the Lord has commanded. And verse 11 to 19 goes about all the the components. But I love that because it's not just material giving, it's, it's practical giving as well. People that were skilled, it got stuck in and then they help with the, the, the skill sets that they have. So every now and then we have working bees and I'm so blessed by the guys that are faithful to come and the ladies. There's usually about seven people or so. Just imagine if it was 70 of us. Um, number one, like the, the time it would take would be a lot shorter. Uh, but just it's always so much fun getting involved. So it's not just, um, it's not just financial, it's also practical. Verse 20, so the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. Moses said, let's take up an offering and it wasn't on the spot. He didn't do the guilt trip. He didn't say, okay, you've got to do it right now and, and put the pressure on, which I believe is un, ungodly. It's unbiblical because the Bible says, do not give under compulsion. But they went back to their tents and they spent time seeking the Lord. I imagine families would would go and return and say, well, this is what Moses and said, we're gonna take up a building offering and let's just seek the Lord as to how much He wants us to give. But if you're anything like me, you know when you, uh, sometimes you're specific to God or with God, He will be specific back. So it's like, well, God, I'm not gonna ask you how much because I'm actually scared about how much you're gonna ask me to give. So I'm just not gonna, I'm just gonna sort of forget about it. But that's none of us here. That's maybe the other church over there. <laughs> Verse 21, all, all whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the material needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals and the sacred garments, all whose hearts were stirred. When God stirs our hearts, it's always, like I said before, for breakthrough in our life, to bless someone else, to be a blessing 
to others. Verse 22, both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing, and they brought to the Lord their offerings. Again, it's willing hearts. It's not under compulsion. It's not under pressure. I hope no one feels under pressure to do this um, this morning. It's, it's with willing hearts. Verse 29, so the people of Israel, every man and woman who were eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and they gave them freely to the Lord. They gave what they had, not what they didn't have. Like again, sometimes we can be a little bit balanced and people go into a whole lot of debt and, um, and, and we gotta ex- exercise wisdom and counsel um, with this. But I would dare to say that those people that need to give less is probably in the minority. <laughs> uh, and most of us, if we're really honest, uh, we, we play it safe with, with giving generously to the Lord. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there for you to, for that to percolate like good coffee. And what was the result? Exodus 36, verse three, Moses gave them the materials donated by the people of Israel as sacred offerings for the completion of the sanctuary, but the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Just imagine if like tomorrow morning, someone's knocking on the office doors, hey, Simon, I wanna give more, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, well, I'd be in Fiji, so you would, I wouldn't be there, but just imagine if this continued every day. They went to Moses and reported that the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary, we have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings, their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. I don't know, this is like a dream I have. And this would be the absolute, like, eternity's best offering talk. If someone was to come up on stage, and let's, let's make it me, and say, guys, you're too generous. Like, your giving is, is overwhelmed our vision. We actually don't have enough vision to, to spend all the money that you guys are giving in tithes and offerings. So just like, don't give anymore for a little while until we've prayed and we've sought God and He's given us a fresh vision and a fresh project. Wouldn't that be the best? Offering talk. <laughs> so we give into building offerings because it's not just for, for now, it's for future generations as well. So um, hopefully you guys have all got access to our little um, expansion offering pamphlets, flyers. We've had those out for the last few weeks. Um, we're really wanting to... like we. On a Monday to Friday, we've got almost a couple of hundred kids here and they all pick up and drop, or the parents pick up and drop off their kids over there. And like it's, it's pretty safe, but it's not like, we would like it to be a lot more safer. So we're wanting to, to separate the, the car park area as far away from kids as we can. So we've got this vision to, to make a new entrance way over there and to have a dedicated car park. And that would mean that we don't have to have this metal tr- go track around the back of church, that, that can all be green space. That on a Sunday, we can open up these doors and we'll have picnic seats and the kids can have access to the, the amazing school playground. It's not just for our generation, it's for future generations. You know, we are uh, enjoying this incredible auditorium today because back in the 80s, people gave sacrificially into something that many of them, they, they, they've been promoted to glory now. So when we give into building offerings, it's not just for the now, it's for future generations and you're putting your money into something of eternal value. 
those that have sowed into this auditorium. Every person that gets saved, every person that gets help, every person that gets a breakthrough in their lives, you've helped that. And you can reap the harvest at the end of days with that. Isn't that so exciting? Let's have the band up, please. It's gonna finish up with a New Testament example. So that's part of what this year's expansion offering is gonna go to. And we do this every year or two, by the way. Um, And then a part of it also is gonna go to Fiji. And uh, Julian and Kerry are already there. Eddie, myself and Paula, um, we're gonna be traveling there on Tuesday. And um, they've really grabbed a hold of the vision for a new church and they wanna officially become a new church. So that's already already taking place, but we're gonna be praying for them and doing all the official stuff. Um, So it's gonna be exciting. But there's already another church being birthed, Renew Church over there in the last month, I think it was, or two months. And I have a feeling that's gonna to continue to grow because God is moving over there. Uh, and it is such a privilege to be able to, to give into something that's not just here, it's, it's somewhere else, to, to another community of people. And our, our, our New Zealand dollar goes a long way. Probably would have gone a lot further, maybe a month ago or so. Uh, but even still, like a small church building um, only costs about twenty to $25,000 in material New Zealand. So our money goes a long way and we can sow um, in, into them over there. So that's it's where uh, a, a portion of our this year's expansion offering is going to go as well. So I, I wanted to sort of share that with you because it's like our church giving to another uh, church community. And this is right throughout the New Testament. 2 Corinthians um, talks all about this. So I just want to read from um, verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 9. So Paul asked the church in Corinth to take up an offering for the church in Jerusalem. I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help. And I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. You're enthusiastic about giving, other people grab a hold of that. Verse six, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a handsome crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Verse eight, and God who generously, God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. This is God's plan for every single believer. This is His heart for you today. You will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. It's not so that we can be blessed to hoard more and more stuff. It's so that we can have everything that we really need to live well, to enjoy the creation of God. And also, more than enough so that we can be a blessing to others. In verse 12, final verse for today. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So for those of us that give regularly into this house, like like I said before, you get to partake in, in everything that God does here. Uh, for, the, for the staff that we employ, you get to partake in that, that people can devote uh, hours um, that they couldn't if they, if they were just doing it voluntary to the ministry of God, to seeing people's lives completely changed. Now, we get to play our part in that. And that is such a, isn't that such an opportunity and such a privilege to do that? 
and, and to put our finance into things of eternal value, we will reap a harvest. Now, God sees this. And it's not really the excess of how much we, we give. It's really a heart attitude of, of God, you've, you've, you've called me to do this. You've, you've asked me to do this and I'm gonna do this as worship to you. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.